Listener Production. The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. Summer Best Of series. I'm Charlie Clawson. Uh, that's right, Charlie here, just to do a little intro uh, for our Best Of series, uh, curated by the one and only podcast Mike. So there'll be a few of these being released over the summer, just to make sure that you're entertained through the Christmas and New Year period before we come back in 2023 with brand new TOEFOP goodness. Um, so Mike thought that uh, the first thing we should we should do, the first compilation we should do, uh, is one of our most frequently discussed and maybe even controversial topics, which is Top Gun Maverick, a film that I did not like at all, that Will was kind of lukewarm on, but which the majority of you seem to love, despite the fact that the central character in the story dressed and behaved exactly like his dead father. We won't go into it because the uh, clips will do the job for us. Um, But just a little reminder uh, that we have a Two Guys, One Cup summer series happening at the same time, which is me chatting with some celebrities about the teams that they support. Broden Kelly from Auntie Donna has been on, Adam Zwar, Rana Hussein. Um, So check out that on the listener app, Two Guys, One Cup, My Club. Um, They'll be playing each week leading up into the season proper. uh, Two Guys, One Cup, My Club. Uh, But for now, here is the best of Top Gun Maverick. Um, I uh, watched a movie last night, which is a rare treat for me. I very uh, okay. rarely get to sit down and watch a film. What movie? Uh, let me guess. Well, let me like, say. Is I, it I, a I, modern, I, modern movie or yeah, a, an actual yeah. new movie? Because that's the other thing is generally I'll get to a film. If I get to a film at all, I'll get to it like, um, you know, six months after everyone's been talking about it. Um, but I started off by watching the football last night and then I got to the, yeah. much like you last week, I got to the third quarter and I'm like, oh, I don't need to see any more of this. So I, I started. Mean, we, uh, just for everybody, we have a, an AFL uh, adjacent football podcast called Two Guys, One Cup. It is on the listener app, exclusive to listener app. You can go and have a listen. Uh, it's fair to say that both Charlie and my team are really fucking up this season in the most yeah. embarrassing ways. So um, if you want to listen to us grind out the rest of this fucking <laughs> miserable year, then you can find that in the listener app. Oh, mate, I am checked out already. It's like, uh, like I'm, I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the final series knowing that we won't be involved because there'll be no angst. But I'm like, can we just get these next, next two weeks over and done with? So... I, I think I can enjoy like the four weeks of watching good teams play good committed football. Well, the most Richmondy thing of this year uh, is that Richmond will make the eight, and our two teams will come ninth and tenth. <laughs> the most Richmondy results <laughs> of all. <laughs> so yeah, I, I switched that off. But um, I started by I have not dipped into a Marvel film since probably oh, like you know Endgame, Marvel. and so I was like, oh, let's check out this this multiverse of madness. Mm. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I couldn't. I couldn't get through like half an hour. I thought it was so bad. And I don't know if it's one of these things where I don't know if what Marvel was it. What was it that you didn't like? About well, I don't know if Marvel films have gotten worse or if they it's have. just. They so have. firstly, okay. let's just acknowledge that they have absolutely got worse. Yes. It's it just everything about it. Just 
like the the charm and and the casting in of the phase one films like they seem to just nail it every single time they had that it was like the pixar magic formula mm-hmm. but this doctor Str- everything about it i'm like his wig is so fake like ben benedict benedict ben, cumberbatch benedict cumberbatch's wig it was distractingly fake and then it was just the i believe that you the wig is meant to distract you from his accent though like yeah. i think you're meant to be concentrating on the wig so that you're not so why is it that when <laughs> english actors do america they they do this kind of uh, they have to get a deeper voice and it and and it's like also you know he's protecting this teenager in it and he keeps calling her a kid america like he's in like his America, Indian... her name is, oh, I, I, which I did not, I did not think was on the nose at all. <laughs> the kid he was protecting his name was America, but I just also it just they it just looked shit. It wasn't exciting. There was no, I didn't find him charming. And then it starts getting into like the the multiverse stuff, and I'm like, and I'm a nerd, and I dig stuff like this, but I'm like, ugh. Who fucking cares? It's an alternate Captain America, and now Captain America's Mrs. Captain Britain, and oh, that's Fantastic Four. Who gives a shit? I don't care. Just give me a story that's interesting. So I did not even make it half an hour. But then I put on the new Predator film, Prey. Have you heard about this? Hang on, what? There's a new Predator film? There's a new Predator film, and it's set in like the 1700s, and it's about this Native American teenager who wants to be like a hunter, but like, you know, because she's a woman and stuff, she's meant to, you know, cook and do all that kind of shit. But, you know, she's always hanging out with her older brother and, you know, they go off hunting and they take on the Predator and it's fucking awesome. It is such a good film. The only thing that I think would have made it better is they do it like they speak, they're speaking English, but I, I read about afterwards, there's a version you can watch where they speak in their, I think it's Comanches, that their, their native tongue. And I'm like, Oh, I wish I'd seen that's the first way I'd watched it where they'd just done it like in the native tongue because it is awesome. It is like such a good Predator film. And it, it's just, you know, they've been trying to, they've been trying to sort of capture that, you know, uh, what the original one and what made the original one so great. And the thing that makes the original film so great is it's really subversion on the slasher film. Like Arnie and all his mates, they start off as like these brawny, you know, muscle-bound guys with huge guns and then they become the kind of trope of the girl being hunted by Mike Myers. By the end of the film, they're getting killed off and their guns don't mean anything. So this one, they start off with that final girl trope. And so she doesn't have any of the weaponry. So it's just more about how the hell is this girl going to overcome, like with no modern weaponry, with nothing, how is she going to overcome the Predator? And it's awesome. It is such a good film. It is so much fun. And you know what's great about it, Will? 90 minutes long, probably 80 minutes with credits, but like you could watch it in one sitting. There's no fat on it. You don't get bored. They're not doing any fucking fan service. They're not doing this. Oh, cause that's the other thing too. I saw Top Gun last week for my birthday. That was a special treat. And I know people love that film. I did not love that film. And I think there's something wrong with me. I think I'm broken. But then I see Predator and I realized the difference is like Top Gun. I understand technically well-made and stuff, but I'm just over fan service. I'm over referencing older films and oh my god that's the line from the original film oh there's uh val kilmer oh there look his son is wearing the same shirt that goose like there's all this shit to it that it's like i don't give a fuck they do do one line in the new predator film which is if we bleed we can kill it i'm like okay i mean i get it you have to do it but that is it the rest of it it's just completely new or at least a new take on the same thing so i haven't seen top gun Mm. and i 
keep hearing people talk about how good it is, but I, I feel I, like I'm going to be a bit like you in that yeah. I'm not, I, I, you know, I feel like the fan service stuff will annoy me and B, I don't think I have enough affection for the original film that I will enjoy. The, like it's actually not serving me. I'm not enough of a fan for the fan service to be of service to me. Well, I think like it, uh, cause I went and saw it with VK and we were both excited to see it. And look, I like the first one, but I'm probably like you. I, I don't, you know, I don't know it off by heart. But you know enough of it. Like there's enough iconic kind of scenes. and Yeah. But it almost it feels like... It feels the need, the need for speed. Yeah, but it, it almost feels like a spoof. It is so slavishly, you know, um, uh, dedicated to the original, like like music cues and everything. Like that. you sort of like, hang on, what are they doing like a a remake? And then... There's some just bizarre character choices, which I guess, you know, make people happy as an audience member. But if you think about it logically for a second, makes the character insane. So like Maverick in the 30 or 40 years since the first film has not progressed as an individual, like has not grown, still wears the same clothes. Like if you knew someone like yeah. that in 40 years was still wearing the same bomber jacket that they were and riding the same motorbike, like, wouldn't you be like, fuck, this dude is like, he's stunted. Like, he has an inability. Like, he's having a midlife crisis. He has not got over his 20s. He still dresses and acts like he did in his 20s. And I do mean, they not explore that, though? They don't explore any It's just accepted. Oh, Maverick, he's just Maverick. He's just like, you know, the name says it all. The, he's the, a Maverick. But the, it's, it's kind of the least Maverick thing to do. <laughs> Like, like, you know, like stay exactly the same, the exact, say exactly the same. He's a real maverick in the way that he hasn't changed in any way. I always think of that line in The Wedding Singer where, you know, Adam Sandler has that best friend with a mustache who's like the womanizer and stuff and he wants to be Fonzie. And then at the end of the film, his friend confesses, look, you know what happened to Fonzie? He got old. No one wants to watch a TV show about a 40-year-old guy hitting on chicks. And that's exactly what Maverick is. And then you Top Gun, it's like, you're almost 60. Why are you still wearing that bomber jacket and riding a motorbike and acting like, you know, this kind of roguish kind of charming dude who can't get, like, if you couldn't get your shit together in 40 years, it's on you. Like, it doesn't make you some, like, interesting rebel who plays by his own rules. Like, I think that works when you're in your 20s. But when you're 60, it's like, this fucking guy's a basket case. <laughs> he, never, he never developed at all. He never grew. Like <laughs> he never the one grew. thing that's essential to human beings is going on some sort of journey of growth and discovery. But they make that his kind of strength. Like that's the thing that yes. makes him, you know, like, you know, they have to, there's a suicide mission and he gets asked to come in and, you know, lead this group of new young fire, fighter pilots. Uh, yeah. But the other thing about it, and, you know, this is sort of minor spoilers, but I think from the trailers you can get it. So um, who's the dude from Whiplash? Uh, Miles Teller. Miles he Teller. Plays, he plays the son of Goose, which is fine. You know, uh, conceptually, yeah. from a plot point of view, all right, so there's some emotional kind of stakes now. Like one of the students is teaching is Goose and, you know, Maverick feels responsible for the death of this guy's father and so there's tension. I would have preferred if, like, Maverick was visited by the ghost of Goose. Well, didn't we pitch the evil yeah. Goose Arises? That, was, <laughs> that, that Goose well, never I died? I, I like the idea of the ghost of Goost. You know, ghost like I mean, the goose, the, the goose. <laughs> like he has this, this goose of his and speaks to him. You've got to change, Maverick. You've got to change. Oh, I like the idea of a remake of Ghost with just an old goose cast and just call it Goost. <laughs> 
So you got Miles Teller playing Son of Goose. Uh-huh. Uh, go, <laughs> son, son of Son of Goose. But here's the thing: they dress him and style him exactly like his dad. So he's got a mustache yeah. like his dad. He wears open Hawaiian shirts like his dad. He wears exactly the same aviator shades as his dad. And there's even a scene. And again, minor spoilers, even a scene in which Maverick is like, oh, my God, that's a son of Goose. I don't know if I can talk to him. And son of Goose sits down at a piano at the bar and starts playing Great Balls of Fire. Okay. And once again, I'm like, I do not know anyone who dresses exactly like their father and, like, has the same party tricks as their dad. Like, to me, that's almost as weird as having not changed your personality in 40 years like Maverick. Uh, to style your entire being on your, your dead, dead father. father. <laughs> Who you barely knew, by the way. You're only like three well, or four when he died. All you know is like five iconic moments from his life. He was like a pilot. <laughs> he knew great balls of fire on the piano. He loved Hawaiian shirts. Yeah. yeah. That's like, I mean, that's like, this is a movie that needs a therapist. This is what I'm hearing. Yeah, <laughs> well, a lot of can- people here. VK turned to me at one point and is like, is this a parody? Like, it feels like a parody of the original Top Gun. It all felt like a Hot Shots movie in a way. Like, there were so many kind of coincidences and, like, the fan service and stuff. And everyone's sort of like, oh, yeah, but, you know, what about the flying sequences? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, if you had not told me that the actors went up there for real and stuff, I would have been quite content to think they were in a studio somewhere in front of a green screen in, like, a... A cockpit, like it. I, I don't think it added that much to the film. That like, because essentially the camera is still locked off in one position. All you're getting, the only difference between this and the film from '87 is the actors' faces do this mm. when they hit real G forces. Which to me, I'm like, okay, I guess that's cool, but it doesn't make me go wow. Like these flying sequences are so much better because <laughs> an actor's face is going like that. I mean, you mostly just have to watch award shows in Hollywood to see actors' faces <laughs> go like that. So yeah, you're right, totally. absolutely. Don't need to see Top Gun. Do you think, so how old was Son of Goose? Like, was, was well, like Late 20s he's meant to be, I think. Yeah, so how old was he then when Goose died? Was he oh, just like a baby? Was, you're like, right, I don't know if pregnant? the timing works out. Like, what's the, what's the timeline on that? Well, hang on. So when was the original Top Gun made? Because how, like, how long later? Like, did they have a baby in the original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so because they they, they do did. a flat they do a flashback where you see. Um, okay, so Top Gun was made in 1986. So what does that uh-huh. make that 20, 26 years old, uh, thirty six years old? Yeah. So or maybe he's in his thirties then. I, yeah. I like. Let's be generous. Let's say that Son of Goose was six when Goose died and he's thirty okay. now. I reckon now. I and I don't mean that. You know that I don't mean this in an insensitive way. If you think that if your dad had died when you were six do you think that there was any possibility that you might have stolen your life on what you knew about your dad like my dad my dad died when i was 10 you know yeah. so and it's I not plenty like, of, <laughs> it's not miles off no it's plenty of references i have he was a dentist mm. he had a mustache um he liked to wear sweater sweater vests <laughs> he liked a good cardigan <laughs> he smoked a pipe occasionally mm. uh i'd say apart from the mustache which I only very rarely dip into. There's nothing I have styled my life on about my father. And I certainly I certainly haven't played Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> like, I don't remember my father. He wasn't really that musical, but I, 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 I remember him dancing to the village people once, putting on a village people record and dancing around, but I have, I have not done that. I mean, 
it seems like I think there would be if again if you had a friend. Okay, who, so yeah, if your you, friends, if you started doing that, yeah. like if around ten, like yeah, because you know, I mean, that's a still a very young age to lose your father. And like, you know, it's all sorts of behaviours can manifest around that. And I'm sure people will be incredibly sensitive around how like a kid wants to remember, you know, their parent that they've just lost. So you start doing a few things. You start wearing a knitted top, you know what I mean? Yeah. You start I've got like, like one trying- of those um, uh, dentist kind of like surgical kind of smuck right. things. You just start looking at people's teeth, asking them over their mouth, that sort of thing. Little pipe, ten year old going around with a pipe. Pipes, like, yeah, yeah. Little, like, do you think? How long do you think your family would have indulged that? Do you think they would have been supportive of that? Would they have just been like, "Oh, well, that's just Charlie processing oh, yeah. what's like, going I mean, on"? I think any family would be supportive of it, but there yeah. would also be a question of: Is this healthy? Like so, what or is this? Is this, what is this a say. phase? Yeah, that's what right. What point does it get to? Because then suddenly you decide I'm going to be a dentist. Like I'm just following now the son of a goose story, right? Yeah. Like this is not just him trying Solid. to yeah learning great great balls of fire on the piano so he can remember his dad. This is literally him going, I am going to replicate the entire life of my father. He wears open Hawaiian shirts, he has the same aviator shades and the same moustache. I mean, Miles Teller does look like Anthony Edwards when you put him side by side, but it is strange. Like fashion, I don't even know that the fashion like is is predictable enough that like there must have been a period in the early 2000s where he wasn't dressing like his dad, right? Where he's all he would have been all pocket chains and fucking like caramel tips and all well, that kind of stuff. Well, do you think that he dressed as his dad as a teenager? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Do I mean, because that's what I'm saying is like it sort of times out now with fashion yeah. because the 80s you could argue mustaches are back. And But what was he doing prior to that? Like did he sort of sit, the son of Sog, did son of Goose just sit there go like, mate, when mustaches and aviator shades are back, I'm fucking, I'm, I'm owning it. I'm, I've been practicing great balls of fire for 20 years, finally going to bust it out at a bar. Or did he, so there's two choices here, that he's like leaned into his dad's later life look and always kind of had that fashion choice. So as soon as he could grow a mustache, he grew a mustache. As soon as he could own a Hawaiian shirt, he bought a Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) Or he's following his dad's fashions from those periods of his dad's life. So he's gone back through like what a teenage goose was wearing. And so when he was a teenager, he wore what a teenage goose was wearing. And we've just caught up with him at the time that he's wearing the and looking exactly the same as his, I mean, this is a creepy, creepy fucking it's, like. I mean, so it's creepy. Is that discussed right? at all in the movie? Is there it's ever not a point discussed. of going, "Hey, man, live your own life. Stop being in the shadow of your dead dad"? Is there like a storyline around that at all? There is one moment where, um, so the kids, all the you know the the new young Top Gun recruits, they're all you know in the classroom, whatever, and they're looking at the trophy cabinet and they see a collection of photos of the original flight team so there's mav and goose and they put two and two together but not one character goes oh my god look at look at oh sorry goose goose's son's name is rooster by the way (laughs) (laughs) his code name his uh, fly what do you call code name call sign i mean i feel like that's too far away for for a guy who's stole his entire it should be goose should have been gosling no (laughs) (laughs) it should have been gosling Ryan Gosling, and they should have cast Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there is that moment where they look at 
Anthony Edwards as Goose how standing next to How did they not cast Ryan Gosling as the son of Goose? <laughs> like, how did Hollywood? Surely that had to have come up in a meeting. <laughs> Just like, guys, is this too on the nose? Ryan Gosling, <laughs> son of a Goose. So they do see them together, but you'd expect one character to go, holy shit, like he looks... I mean, I was around at my mate's place last week and I saw a photo of him with his father, you know, when he was a little boy. And the first thing I said was, oh, my God, like, you look exactly like your father. It's, a, it's amazing. But not one character comments on the fact that not only does he physically look like his father, but he dresses exactly the same as his father. Exactly the same. I mean, if you had to dress now like your dad did 30 years ago, what would you be wearing, you think? Uh, my dad almost exclusively has work clothes. Okay. So, like, I've never really – I mean, he has the smallest amount of, like, what you'd consider to be, like, formal clothes or uniform clothes, like, really the bare minimum you could possibly have. I think I've only seen him in a tie a couple of times in his entire life. I mean, he's a dairy farmer, right? Yeah, so, yeah. like, the most iconic thing that I would see him in if I was going to dress like – particularly in the sort of goose way, if yeah. I was going to dress like my dad – Pair of gumboots. So I'm starting. <laughs> oh, God. This should be your new stage outfit. Go on. A pair of gumboots. Some sort of like resilient, loose fitting, partly waterproof pant. Like, <laughs> like waders. Kind of waders esque, but not like quite as plasticky, but like okay. somewhere in between like work pants and waders. Like a yeah. kind of midpoint. Uh, for, for any sort of like water splash or, you know, animal splash yeah. that you might need. Then very much a um, a loose-fitting um, collared T-shirt. So, you know, one of those old school <laughs> yeah. sort of like collared T-shirts that has a couple of buttons, a polo, like a polo. Top type thing, yeah. but very much like not a formal sort of polo top, very much a working polo top. Yeah, and, like a Ralph, um, Ralph Lauren one. No, no, like a, a Ralph yeah, Lauren no. or polo symbol on the pocket or anything. It's not like a. It's not like a, a pink, one of those no. pink uh, Tommy Hill figure. <laughs> no, very much. Your dad's not rocking Tommy Hill. Very much polos. for working, and then maybe at like a knitted, a knitted jumper. <laughs> yeah, like an actual knitted jumper. Yeah. I feel like the Tofop listeners want to cancel me for my controversial opinions. On Top Gun. Mm. Hot um, takes. Never have so many people hit me up to tell me that I got it wrong. And look, I freely really? admit that I probably did get it wrong. Like, I, it's not I, – I am I am not of the mainstream uh, uh, way at the moment. Like, I have uh, – generally, I fit very you know, snugly into the mainstream, but this current phase of, of nostalgia and fan service is, has left me yeah. on the outer when it comes to a lot of pop culture discussions. Even Quentin Weirdly, Tarantino. I think because – we, you you used to quite like that stuff. I yes. think this podcast was based on the fact that both of us thought there wasn't enough fan service. You know, like a lot of the podcast was fan fiction, us extrapolating these multi-universes and what they would look like. And imagine if they made five Batman movies all at the same time. And now that it's happening, we hate it. Yeah. Are we the, so we're the guys who had a kink. We had a kink, but now the kink is so yeah. commonplace, it no longer gets uh. us off. It's top trending. Yeah. It's what everyone else in your country is watching. That's our kink. Yeah. And now it's not my kink anymore. Like there's definitely Marvel things. Mm. Like I was a Marvel completist at some stage. Yeah. And now I don't think I've watched any of their TV stuff. I haven't watched Hawkeye. I haven't watched WandaVision. 
Is there something else? Oh, there's hate. I hear, Winter uh, Soldier. I hear, I hear Ms. Marvel is good. People tell me that that is quite good, but I have not watched that. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's weird, isn't it? Like, I, I, was, I just listened to this really interesting podcast about the rise and fall of Harry Knowles and, and Ain't It Cool? You know, the kind of the, the website that basically, you know, launched sort of geek culture into the mainstream and was so powerful at one stage, like studios were, you know, basing films that they would greenlight off the what the back of these, you know, very ardent um, vocal uh, fanboys online were mm. saying. And it's a really interesting podcast. And the way they frame it around is like, well, you know, the, the the geeks didn't just inherit the earth; they, they took it over. Like the nerds did win yeah. in the end, and so now that is the prevalent popular culture. Is it's in the late nineties, all we were saying was like, we just want a decent comic book movie. We just want something that like feels like a comic book. And then they hit that formula, and they're like, oh, that's what you want, you fat, disgusting pigs. That's what you want, piggies. Yeah, eat some more slop. Eat some more bloody comic book slop, you disgusting piggies. Then we gobbled yeah, it all up, and now never watched animal farm and now the pigs are in charge yeah. right that's that's what's happened so i do feel like um you know I, I am part of the problem because i was one of those piggies clamoring for more yeah. pop culture stuff but you know Absolutely. even like quentin tarantino i saw him he did a rare sort of public statement on another film where he said oh, i really love the new top gun film and he even in a very tarantino-esque way uh nothing to do with feet but <laughs> Oh. He commented. He was like, "I love the way they dangled their toes out of the planes." No, but he, even he was saying the thing that he liked most about it was fan service. But he's such a film nerd. He said, "I loved yeah. it because it felt like a Tony Scott film. Like, you know, Tony Scott was one of my favorite directors. He's not around anymore, and and this film felt as close to a Tony Scott film as you're ever going to get. So even in his kind of uh, area of what fan service is, it appealed. Um, but you know, the thing that. I kept sort of coming back to whenever, because a lot of people were hitting me up on, on Twitter and stuff saying, hey, man, you misunderstood the film. It's just meant to be a guilty pleasure. I get it. I understand it. I just did not enjoy the pleasure. Like, I have guilty pleasures. This is just not one of them. And the thing that I kept coming back to... doesn't get you off to, anymore. You used to be your kink isn't your kink <laughs> it's anymore. It's not my kink anymore. I've moved on. I can't even get hard. <laughs> can't even see a comic book and it just makes me soft now. <laughs> no, it's... It, it, the thing I kept coming back to was just the dumbness of... Why does Rooster, baby goose, dress exactly like his dead dad? Like, it's just the one thing I, mean, I can't get past. I've not seen it, but I don't think I could get past it now. I'm not sure I can certainly see it within the next six months. It's going to take me at least six months to shake off. The only thing I'll be thinking about for the entire film is there's a much more interesting film inside this film, which is this journey of this child who is so haunted by the memory of their father that they need to become their father and replicate their every move. And if that doesn't, if that movie doesn't end in him murdering Maverick, then you haven't made the right movie because <laughs> this is a movie about a psychopath, <laughs> like an absolute, you know, not his fault, but like one of those, a major event in your life changed your life forever and turned you into psychopathy. And he has you know, pursued his entire life in this like talented Mr. Ripley-esque becoming his father so he can eventually infiltrate the Top Gun program and murder the man that he believes murdered his father. That's, I mean, that's a movie. Will. Anyway, we're back to <laughs> loving spinoffs. <laughs> There's another iconic movie character who idolised and dressed exactly like one of his parents. Do you know who that was? 
Um, idolized and dressed exactly like one of his parents. Famous. Oh, um, the 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 dude from um, Silence of the Lambs. No, um, uh, no, Psycho. Norman Bates. <laughs> Norman, Bates Norman Bates also <laughs> idolized and dressed exactly like one of his parents. So you're right. Rooster should go on yeah. to be an, like a psychopath. Now, this is all a, a long-winded way of leading me to what I want to talk about yeah. today, which is fantastic. This is sent in by listener uh, Roy who um, was one of the people who was annoyed by my uh, misreading or misinterpretation Mm -hmm. of Top Gun Maverick. Um, uh, Well, I'll let Roy explain it and and then we'll get into it. So uh, he says, hey, Tofop, I was listening to the latest pod while jogging and I was so frustrated listening to you discuss the idea of Goose's son in the new Maverick movie donning a Hawaiian shirt and aviators before his father's coffin was even in the ground. Yeah. You've completely neglected the idea of character development. So I've hurried home, lest I fail the, to pen an obvious tale of Goose's son and his journey through life. There's no apologies uh-huh. for formatting. As your contact web form messed it all up, I had this formatted professionally to a professional standard before I pasted <laughs> it in here. Okay. So what uh, Roy has done is he's laid mm. out like a, uh, a hypothetical backstory for Rooster, yes. son of Goose, which explains in logical terms, how this grown man, 35 years after the death of his father, would dress like his dad, have the same party trick where he plays Great Balls of Fire like his dad, basically be like his dad. Now, the first thing I want to say is we're not critiquing Roy's writing because that's actually pretty good. But what I wouldn't mind doing is... Well, can I just ask this question? Because again, for the record, I have not seen Top Top Gun Maverick. All I know is that... uh, Goose's son is called Rooster and Little Gooster. Not, <laughs> not Gosling, as we pointed no, out, which makes more but sense. Little Gooster has based his entire life, it seems, from what you've told me, on the memory of his dead dad that he would not have known in any way. Yeah. He's only recreating it, not from his own memories, but from yeah. other people's recollections of what his dad was. Yeah, right? okay. And and minor spoiler, it's not, this is not a, a huge big deal, but there is a plot point in Top Gun Maverick where it is revealed... Part of the um, animosity that Rooster has towards Maverick is that uh, Maverick denied him entry into the Air Force, like, you know, uh, didn't allow him to apply because he didn't want, you know, Goose's wife to lose a son as well as a husband. So held him back career-wise. That's a kind of little subplot that I think, right. you know. Might. So, yeah, like I said, we're not criticising the writing. Well, so this. you just it's- walked past the whole might have been responsible for the death of my dad and decided to make it an administrative issue. <laughs> no, that's, a good, that's a good twist in the plot. <laughs> it's both. It's both. <laughs> so um, what Roy has done uh, is basically um, come up with uh-huh. what would be four flashbacks that you could have included in the okay. film if you wanted to pad out the yes. backstory of why Goose... A, has this animosity towards Maverick, and B, dresses exactly like his dad. This could be uh-huh. a reason why. Okay. So I think Great. we can go through each one of the flashbacks, and then we'll, we'll comment. Okay. And uh, thank you, Roy, for sending this in. Uh, flashback one. Son of Goose and Maverick meet for the first time at the flying school and have a verbal altercation, maybe some shirt fronting. You cut to flashback one. So this is back to Goose's funeral, so back in the 80s. Okay. Goose's funeral, yep. son of Goose as a child crying over his dad's coffin. He looks up and he sees Maverick standing away from the crowd. Son of Goose runs up to Maverick and he yells, You don't deserve to be here. You killed my daddy. And then Maverick's crying, I loved your dad more than you could know, kid. Um, but son of Goose cro- sobbing and beating Maverick's chest. Then why is he dead? Why? Why? 
okay, I get that. That's fairly that, and that and that reads with the conflict that that plays out in in the current film. Okay, any comments, Will? And then and then Maverick turns to the kid and says, "I feel the need the need to grieve." <laughs> and <they're> just like, <laughs> um, I like it. I'm into it. Well, this, this to me is a fleshing out of the story. I get this. Like so, so far, so good yeah. from my perspective. And I, but I think that makes that that, that comes across mm. in the in the actual film. That that you know that, okay. that is the, the you don't the need main to see that point. scene. That's the implication. That's the implication. Okay. 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 Flashback number two. Son of Goose does not follow Maverick's mm. commands, risking the life of another pilot. Cut to flashback two. Son of now, Goose. Hang on. Just I'm sorry. I've, I've got to go back to flashback. Uh, one again now. Yeah. Is Mini Goose dressed like we see people dressed in American funerals? So he's like in a suit? Yeah, little. Or is. We, isn't that weird how like little American kids wear little suits? <laughs> like it doesn't happen yeah. in Australia. Like <laughs> no. at my dad's funeral, I had to wear my school uniform because I didn't have any yeah, right. fancy clothes to wear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but every American kid has a little suit. A, a little suit, apparently. I remember asking. Well, that's what my, movies has told us. I, I remember asking. Is, is there any chance that Baby Goose has already. Started to adopt his dad's dress set. Oh, so Hawaiian is, shirt, can, can mustache. Possi- yeah, can we possibly see a kid in a little Hawaiian shirt and a stick-on mustache as a tribute to his dad at the funeral? I reckon that there would probably be. I reckon this would be a real thing that he probably has a like a little flight suit. Like I imagine, oh, yeah, fighter okay, pilots in the same way that athletes their kids yeah. wear their jerseys. Like you know, he'd probably have a little of flight course. suit, don't you think? He would have. He, absolutely. Yeah. No, that makes a lot. That makes a lot of sense. They sell like you know souvenir ones at NASA, little spaceship yeah. suits. You know, for for your nieces and nephews, for your kids. Um, I assume there's a, there's a similar to their their you know their flight suits. Yeah. Okay. So he has a little flight suit. If He's wearing a little flight suit. If you're father though is an air force pilot and died you know while flying is it bad taste to wear a flight suit to the funeral Mm. i mean it's different to wearing a uniform like an air force uniform that makes what about he's wearing a flight suit and he's dragging a half-opened parachute (laughs) (laughs) i mean if you're gonna cosplay he's your dead dad (laughs) why not cosplay as the moment he died Oh my God. Where do you draw the line? That's kind of my part of my question is where do you start and end this fetishization of your dad, you know? (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, flashback two Son of Goose does not follow Maverick's commands, risking the life of the plight. So, cut to. So, so flashback two would be Son of Goose is a teenager now. Mm -hmm. He's in his living room. With his mother, son of Goose is wearing rebellious clothes, and this is my favourite yeah. bit. He writes in brackets: leather jacket, bandana, etc. Because that's what oh. all teenage rebels wear. Yeah, he's Axel Rose <laughs> now. Is that what we're saying? Well, let's 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 place it in a, a proper in a proper timeline. So, if okay. Miles Teller's in his mid thirties, him as mm. a teenager would would have been what the nineties would have been. No, would have been like the two thousands. So what's yeah. what's a rebellious teenager? Limp Bizkit. He's wearing a red baseball cap backwards. <laughs> oh he's got God, an oversized white tee. Maybe yeah. he's got short peroxide, <laughs> like Eminem. He's got yeah. peroxide hair combed forward. Just massively into Alien Ant Farm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that's what Son of Goose looks like in 2003. Um, He yells at his mum, I don't care what Dad would have wanted. I'm leaving school to become a mechanic. 
the mother's anguished. Your father worked so hard to make a good life for you. He saved up for you to go to college. Um, slow anger from a baby goose. Mm-hmm. If you just let me join the Air Force, I wouldn't be doing this. Um, uh, goose's wife. I can't risk lo- losing you like you lost your father. Um, and then uh, baby goose snaps back. I would be more careful about who I counted as my friends. Okay. All right. So good. Good stuff. You, that makes sense, right? That, uh, yep. you know, he's grown up fatherless, so he's a bit of a lost soul. Probably gets good grades, but mm. if he tried, he could get into any college he wanted. But what he really wants to do is go to the Air Force. But Meg Ryan, Meg Ryan doesn't want to lose her son. Yeah, and I think want to be the, Meg crying again. So here's what I will say is I want it, whatever rebellious clothes he's wearing – because when is there an explanation in what we're going to hear today in these four flashbacks of when he starts dressing like his dead dad? Because, like, if not, I want it to be as early as this. Like, <laughs> right? No. I'm not saying that he needs to be wearing a Hawaiian shirt and having a mustache in his teenage years. But what I want to see is you get some shot of him, like, in his bandana and his Limp biscuit white T-shirt. And then on the mantelpiece, you see a picture of like a young goose dressed in quite a similar outfit, right? Like, you know, so it's clear that he's already following in his footsteps. I think you're, you're, you're on the same page as Roy. You're getting there. You're getting right. there. Okay. Okay. So we get to flashback three, Will. Mm-hmm. So uh, Roy's written, son of goose is in the Air Force now. He's in the music hall. He's tapping away at piano keys. An ice man watches him from the door. So the thing to keep in mind, I'm not sure if I mentioned it last week, is by Top Gun Maverick, Iceman has ascended up the military ranks and is now like a commander or senator or something high up, something high Okay. I say, we cut to flashback three. It's a soundless scene of Iceman talking to Goose's wife. We cut to a bar where drunk son of Goose is sitting at the bar, piano music playing, and zoom to Iceman playing a slow version of Great Balls of Fire. Mm-hmm. This reminds son of Goose of his love of playing piano, and it reminds him of his time with his dad. Now, before we get to the dialogue that Roy's written, mm. I don't recall Iceman taking part in the Great Balls of Fire or any sing-alongs. He didn't do that. You've lost that loving feeling. Like, Iceman's whole thing is he was kind of, like, standoffish, right? Like, he's Iceman. He doesn't right. sing. That's not cool. Iceman's cool. Yeah, no, it'd be weird if you watched the original movie back and Iceman's right right there at the piano tapping along. Just <laughs> <laughs> it's really undermines the... I'm not uh, the Iceman tonight. I'm having a night off being the Iceman tonight. I'm the nice man. <laughs> um, okay, so they have some dialogue. So Iceman yes. says to Son of Goose, your mum's worried about you. Mm. <laughs> Son of Goose says, if that's all you're here to tell me, then you can fuck off. <laughs> Which I think, yeah, okay. Roy, maybe may a second pass on the dialogue. I think. Love it, though. Good placeholder. Uh, your mum's worried about you. If that's all you're here to tell me, then you can fuck off. Iceman, forlorn. It would have hurt your old man if you could see what you've become. Uh, Son of Goose. Well, thanks to Maverick, I never have to worry about that. Iceman. Look, no one hated Maverick more than me, but we all knew what we were in for. Your dad was on the same adrenaline ride as all of us. It was just his time. It could have been any of us. Uh, Someone stares with a disbelieving look. I'm not sure if that's Iceman or or, or Goose. He hasn't specified. Um, uh, Iceman says, I've seen you down the racetrack. I know you could be as good a pilot as your old man was. Maybe even better. He stares with a believing look. Inspirational music starts. Yeah. Son of Goose is now at home with a flight suit draped over his arm, Mm -hmm. 
arguing with his mother about becoming a Navy pilot. Um, that to me, and again, this is not a criticism of Roy's writing, but more the justification of why Goose yes. can suddenly play great balls of fire is not strong enough. <laughs> no, no. I, I like the first two flashbacks, but this is... That's like saying, oh, you're here by yourself, are you, Han? I guess your last name's Solo. Yeah. No, thanks. It yeah. was better not to have that mystery solved. Yeah. This is not a satisfactory. This might, they might, at Disney, they'd be fine. They'd be like, yep, that'll do. We've solved that. People will tune in for that. Put Baby Yoda in it. But no, that's not enough that he's going to, if he's so traumatized by the death of his, see, what we're trying to unlock the mystery of, the mystery that I understand is, that young Goose is traumatised by the life of losing his father at such a young age. And I even understand the fact that that might result in him wanting to do that same job for a whole bunch of motivations. These ones are quite good ones. You could find other ones that are good ones, right? What I don't get is why he dresses exactly like his dad. (laughs) He looks exactly like his dad. And he does all the things that his dad was most famous for, including... Because this is like a famous moment, not just from the movie, but I imagine from... Because Goose's life ended. So when you're at Goose's funeral and everybody's like standing around talking about like the stories that they share and the great nights that they have with Goose, one of the things that is going to come up is absolutely that. Remember he get on the piano and he played Goat Balls? Of, like that is one of those like iconic moments from his life. Mm. So this like it, it's not just that... You know, Gusta wants to be a pilot. I get that. But the fact that Gusta literally wants to, like, dress like Goose, do Goose's... Just be yourself, man. Have your own song. I don't even care that you play the piano like your old man, but the idea that you're, like, literally (laughs) recreating all his greatest moments is where it gets... I mean, it crosses a line. I would have loved that in Top Gun Maverick if Rooster had sat down and instead of playing Great Balls of Fire, he just starts bringing, like, Khaleesi's milkshake. My well, milkshake no, brings all the boys to the yard. Damn right. <laughs> I'm t- I, I, it could be close, but it's like maybe we didn't start the fire by oh, Billy yeah. Joel, right? Oh, yeah. So he sits down and he, he does. Wrecking ball, Miley Cyrus. There's a ball in yeah. there. Right. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, the thing about it, I, I, I think if you're going to include the great balls of fire thing, a, mm. a wrong supporting character, Iceman would not be the guy to be introducing the, you know, the playing, even if he played a slow melancholy version of Great Balls of Fire, I don't think it's enough of a strong enough link. It would need to be another character. It would almost need to be something like, I understand the dynamic he's set up with his mum is that they're fighting. Like, you know, the mum is just trying to protect him and he's just trying to, you know, he just wants to follow in the footsteps of his father and she's scared of losing him. But it almost needs a kind of thing, like a flashback where every year on goose's anniversary mum is like hey baby goose can you get on the piano yeah. and, and play, just, just play great, great balls, balls of fire. fire you know it makes yeah. your mum happy and it's like Ugh. it's a begrudging thing that he does but yeah then by and the like t- maybe even a scene early in the movie as an adult where like the song comes on and he like turns it off and they're like what's going on he goes i hate that song i can't yes. stand that song yes. you know right yeah so then when you eventually have him play the song there's been a journey to him getting to the song that he reluctantly accepts you know this moment in his life that he could that makes sense yeah that that to yeah. me you could follow along with and go oh yeah i understand what's going on here <laughs> 
Well, maybe there could be a scene where it's like um, someone's married their 13-year-old cousin and he's like, well, you know Jerry Lee Lewis uh, also married his cousin when she was 13. He wrote the song Great Balls of Fire. It's a horrible thing, really, when you think about it. I actually think that um, it'd be great if he made that point. He's like, this is actually just a terrible song. You can't play it anymore. He's been cancelled. Like, I just, this is really inappropriate. I know it's a fond memory for you, but this is like... This is like, baby, it's cold outside. You yeah. really cannot play this song anymore. You're this not allowed to enjoy it. Anthem of a groomer. <laughs> yeah, what would you like me to sing next? An R. Kelly? Do you want me to do some R. Kelly as well? Is that what you like? <laughs> uh, I think we're missing the most obvious thing we could have done here. Right. You, you stumbled onto it earlier when you were talking about Norman Bates and Psycho, which is they've missed an opportunity. Is Meg Ryan in this movie? No. Okay. So they've missed the opportunity of implying that the reason... Because what's the most obvious reason that a kid like oh, dresses mother, like his dad? Because the, the mother, mother wants to be reminded it. of the dad and couldn't yeah. get over it. And so yeah. she's like warped his entire life by trying to make him into another version of like, you know, the, the, the person that she lost. And this idea that you have that he knows Great Balls of Fire because his mum made him, him play, play Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> Like, this is, now I'm in. Now I'm like this poor fucker, right? Yeah. There is, I think there is a film like that, that is a horror film where it's like the father lost the mother and has raised the daughter to resemble his dead wife because he's so, like, heartbroken and and, 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 and in mourning. And I think that is yeah. more what it would be. I mean, it would have been a more interesting... Well, you know in The, you know in the Simpsons where, um, like, uh, Maud Flanders dies and then Flanders has that uh, woman stay over and he cuts her hair yeah. so that it looks like Maud's hair? <laughs> like, there should be a scene like that where, like, uh, young Goose, he's got a, a rooster, he's got, like, a full beard, and then in the middle of the night, Meg Ryan comes in and shaves <laughs> it, so it's just a mustache. Just a mustache. <laughs> Comes home, all these shirts have been replaced by Hawaiian shirts. He's like, oh, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so uh, flashback four. So um, we're assuming, so Son of Goose has has, uh, joined the Air Force and has received an award for being the coolest pilot Mm -hmm. on the team. Cut to flashback four. And this is potentially the most important flashback for for your interest in, in this story. Son of Goose, walking into the family home, he hugs his mother. Son of Goose shows his mum his letter of offer to the Top Gun Academy. She says, I'm sorry I held you back all those years. I was just so afraid of losing you like mm. I did your father. He hugs a wife, uh, hugs Goose wife tighter. Mom, I shouldn't have given you such a hard time. I spent so long blaming Maverick. I forgot that dad was a grown man making his own life choices. Mm. He walks over to a cardboard box, which just happens to be there. Great. <laughs> awesome. Uh, as believable as the real Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> it's a scene. little convenience box. A <laughs> yeah, little. It's a little box, box of convenience. <laughs> Uh, just just a labelled plot device. <laughs> just Excuse me, Mum, box. could you pass me that plot device book? That box just there behind you. Uh, uh, he says, you know, I never opened the box of your father's things they sent back from the academy. Mm. He opens a cardboard box and pulls out a picture of Goose and she looks mm. longingly at it. You're so handsome, just as handsome as your father was. She yeah. pulls a Hawaiian shirt from the box. Even while wearing this shirt, they laugh. You know, this might just be back in style. Son of Goose pulls it on, now wearing his father's old shirt and his aviator sunglasses, Uh stands in the doorway as he slings the bag over his shoulder. He raises his hand to slightly tilt the glasses and looks at his mother over the top Uh of the frames, gives her a smile and a wink before leaving. I mean, 
pretty great move from somebody who literally just made a speech about having to live your own life. <laughs> like, <laughs> really not backing that up. But I, there's something in this, right? Like in this area of, but if the whole premise has been that she doesn't want to be reminded of like, you know, what happened to her husband, the idea of him then like putting on all her husband's stuff and walking out the door is not the best way to do that. But I get the point. At least there's like a storyline there. There's some sort of, you know. Here's here's the thing. Like I had a few people message me to say, hey, like, you know, uh, my brother, you know, dad always wore like the same flannels and blah, 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 blah. And you know, my brother just is the same as dad. And okay, I get that. That's like, yeah. you know, but firstly, the thing you're describing is, is pretty generic, like clothing, like the, the, the goose look is, is a bit more specific. And, you know, my nephew, uh, when he came to visit was wearing like his dad's old Eagles, like polo, you know, shirt. Cause it's, it's kind of the hipster thing to do, right? Like you just sort of reappropriate that kind of old middle, middle-aged man kind of like uh, uh, fashion for yourself. So I understand all of that. The thing about the way it's done in Maverick is he is he is his father. He doesn't just dress like his father. No. He behaves like his father. He looks like his father. He has the same party tricks as his father. Mm. I think we're talking about a universe in which Maverick – has not grown up. Maverick rides a motorbike to work the same way he did 37 years ago. He has the same fucking leather jacket. I mean, he pretty much looks exactly the same. So, I guess in the in the in the Maverickiverse, the Top Guniverse, that if this is just a universe in which people do not progress or change over the course of almost 40 years, then sure, that makes complete sense. If that's what my suspension of disbelief had to be, is like that in this universe people find their thing and they just stick to it and if they can't stick to it they find the thing that worked for their parent and they stick to that <laughs> people seem unwilling to accept the fact that i have a different view to them i uh, like it the internet's back baby <laughs> the internet's back to what it's meant to be doing having heated discussions just- about movies I just didn't understand that this was the hill that people were willing to die on. Like, people did you mention Top it Gun, or did man. I imagine this, that you never really had much, like, affection for Top Gun? Like, you do not – well, I, I may have said that to you because that is absolutely true. Okay. I certainly said it to Justin Hamilton on Fofop, which is the original movie, I love bits of. There's some good aeroplane stuff. Although after a while, I'm like, yeah, it's just more aeroplane stuff. And there's like obviously some iconic scenes and some iconic lines. You know, I feel the need, the need for speed and all that, you know, that you've lost that loving feeling. And like, you know, I I have those moments, but I remember re-watching it a couple of years ago and thinking, ooh, it's a lot of boring bits between those <laughs> iconic moments. Like that that's really my so yeah, I don't love and I have not seen this film. And absolutely could not see this film now at the movie. I, it'll take me at least six months from us having these conversations for me to be able to walk into that cinema without only looking at Baby Goose, Gooster, um, to see if he is just like, this is a movie about a psychopath. Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm like you. Like I enjoyed it, but I sort of just lump it in with a bunch of those 80s films that were, you know, iconic and memorable and stuff. But I didn't realise the fervour people had for it, like how invested they were in the story of like, Maverick. I mean, it's just one of those cut and paste kind of '80s kind of rebels. It's 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 the it's the role that Tom Cruise would then was it Rich Haller that bit of stand up about every yeah. Tom Cruise film is about Tom Cruise as a pilot. 
is a pretty good He's pilot. A pretty good pilot. pilot. He has yeah. prices of confidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Meets a beautiful lady who cruises me across the coast. And he's a pretty good pilot. He's yeah. a racing car driver. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Tom Cruise is a Scientologist. He's a pretty good Scientologist. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, like a lot of people are trying to convince. Are oh, they trying he's to? He's a tell scrabble me that, player. He's a pretty good scrabble player, but then he has a crisis of consonants. That was one of the best. Ah, nice. <laughs> and a robot breaks his finger. <laughs> uh, so people seem to be swinging between telling me that I, um, I'm, I'm either thinking about it too much, or I'm uh-huh. not thinking about it too, too enough. enough. Yeah. So that's. I mean, where do I, how do you possibly draw any conclusion from that? I'm either, it's either just junk food and I should just enjoy it for what it is, or, or it's like, no, you don't understand. This is why every decision was made like this. So, yeah. Last week we had someone come in. You're just Goldilocks in the middle, just like, I don't understand either of those positions. Exactly. Had someone write in last week, um, uh, who had suggested some flashbacks uh, okay. that may yes. fill in, like some hypothetical flashbacks that would I explain the flashbacks. why yes. Baby Goose is the way he is. So um, another teabagger, Katie, sorry, I'm assuming she's a teabagger. She's a listener. She okay. might not be as dedicated as a teabagger, but let's just say she's a listener. Um, she's also decided to help explain why the specific <laughs> topic that I have such a problem with. <laughs> Why Baby Goose looks so much like his father. So she says, uh, I was listening to last week's episode, um, uh, why Rooster looks so much like his dad. And I agree, it's it's decidedly creepy routes to go down, but I think you may have been overthinking it. Uh, (laughs) There we go. So this is the the (laughs) The the overthinker box. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I think the main problem here is the series of events. My personal headcanon, and admittedly, my brain generally chooses to opt for the least cre- creepy option, is this. So she's just, she's what she's done is not like a series of flashbacks, but just explain each um, characteristic of Rooster that is similar to her dad. She's explained, well, this is why, and this yep. is why it's not creepy or weird. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly mm-hmm. logical. So okay. the Great Balls of Fire, she begins with. It's one of the last happy memories that they all had together. I'd say it got played fairly often around his house growing up. One time when Maverick is over, he hears the song playing and says to a young, maybe 10-year-old rooster, hey, did you know your dad used to play this? Uh, Rooster says, yeah, mum says so. I can only just remember Maverick. Well, hey, do you want me to teach you? Rooster, yes, please, Uncle Mav. That would be so cool. All right. Again, uh, I wasn't disputing the fact that, you know, he may know great balls of fire. I just think it is weird in conjunction with everything else that happens at that exact time. That is my issue is the coincidental factor of it all. Pick one is what you're saying. Like it's, uh, this is partly again, as someone who's not seen the movie, I feel best qualified to weigh into this debate. (laughs) Yes. Pick one. You got your dad's mustache. You got your dad's Hawaiian shirt or, you know, great balls of fire. But once you do all three, I, again, I think it might have been a, a Rich Hall joke. <laughs> All of this can be explained through Rich Hall, where he talked about the idea that, like, you know, playing the drums is a good thing to do. Playing the guitar is a good thing to do. Playing the cymbals is a thing, good thing. I'm, I'm murdering this joke, by the way. Yeah. But the once you try to play them all at the same time, you know, with the symbols between your knees, you've gone too far and people are like, yeah. who's that weirdo? <laughs> and I feel like that's what you're saying about Gooster is that, like it wouldn't necessarily be a like maybe Great Balls of Fire was the thing that he learned in tribute to his dad, but the fact yeah. that he's recreating every iconic moment of his dad's life is the is the problem. Have you right? have you seen? Um, uh, I can't remember. Robin Williams's daughter is on Twitter. I think her name is Zelda, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And 
uh, about six months ago, someone posted this video. It was like a uh, like a teaser reel for a potential Robin Williams biopic, and it was a scene, and it was this, uh, a young actor doing an amazing yep. Robin Williams, and and it was amazing, but everyone sent it to this girl who'd lost her father yeah. in tragic circumstances and was like, isn't this incredible? This guy is a spitting image of your father. And she yeah. was like, hey, look, first of all, that actor's amazing, wonderful job, fantastic. Second of all, can you please stop sending me this? Yeah. It's highly distressing. Of my late dead dad, who's <laughs> not my dead dad, just the guy yes. doing an impression of my dead dad. Like, find that it exists, yep. that it's out there in the world, but don't tag me in on it. Like, I have a different relationship to that person than you do. Yeah. And so the idea that <laughs> Goose mm. is cosplaying, like, or even if Goose, let's let's pretend for a second that Goose was real. Like Goose, Goose was a real person and then this film gets made. Mm. Like it would feel the, the same level of creepiness. It's like, oh, so that's not Goose. It's just a guy pretending to be Goose. I don't get it. Like it's weird. All right. So that's point one. Okay. Point two, Rooster gets his call sign. Mm -hmm. While the obvious explanation is his father was Goose, well, that's not obvious because he should be Gosling. That's exactly. what we discussed <laughs> yeah. two previous Rooster episodes. has nothing to do with Goose. And yes, that may have been a contributing factor. Other prevalent theories about his, uh, are about his cockiness. Well, according to some people on Tumblr, yes, Tumblr is still alive and well. I've heard you wonder about this a few times, but rest assured, we seem to be an island of relative peace and harmon harm harmony in this relatively... In these trying times. Um, okay, so according to Top Gun Maverick on Tumblr, it's because he's cocky. Yeah, look, of course. that that's Him being called Rooster is the least of my issues. That is fine. A call sign can be whatever the fuck you want. They're both birds, not a big deal. I would have let that one slide. If it hadn't been for everything else, Goose's son's call sign is Rooster, totally fine. I don't have a problem with that. Do you? No. In fact, I think that's the one departure that to me, if they'd use that style of departure for all these other key moments, then I think, so you've taken something that is similar enough, but put a twist on it. Like it isn't Gosling. It isn't Son of Goose. Like it's something that like is reminiscent of the original character in that Goose and Rooster have a, they're both birds and they both sound like a little bit similar, but they're not actually related in any way. So it's a new take on an old idea. Whereas like yeah. him doing great balls of fire is not a new take on an old idea. It's the same idea. You know what I was just thinking is a perfect example of how this is done well is you think of Creed, right? Mm -hmm. So I uh, do. funnily enough, Adonis Justin Hamilton and I in the latest faux fop that I recorded an hour ago and that everybody <laughs> will hear this week have had not a really. giant conversation about Creed. So that is just in, re hilarious. in relation to, in relation to Top Gun. Uh, no, it wasn't even in relation to Top oh, okay. Gun. Just incidentally, it was a conversation about Creed. So, hive well, mind. Hive mind. But Creed, so you've got Adonis Creed, who's a son of Apollo Creed. And there's obviously like tension there, you know, with uh, with Rocky because Rocky didn't throw on the towel. So yeah. it's the same, almost the same kind of setup. Mm. But the way that they, the, the way that they uh, uh, bring that character in, he doesn't, talk like his dad. He wears the same shorts at one point, which would be the equivalent of the Hawaiian shirt. But he's not hes not Apollo Creed. And he also lost his dad when he was very young. Like, 
Do you know what I mean? Like that, that to me is a more interesting, better way that's still a blockbuster. Yeah, and still he ends still up a doing spectacle the, film. Still ends up doing the job that his dad did, which is what everybody wants to see with Young Goose. Like I understand yeah. that we don't want to see Goose to go to like you know, go and get an MBA or something. Like, I understand yeah, like that. Yeah, Rooster the, the Accountant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I get that. Top tax. You know, I get yeah. that. That's not the movie we want to see. We want to get Rooster in here somehow. But you're absolutely right. That idea of eventually, except I know that I assume there is some element of this in the movie, by the way, eventually reconciling your relationship with your dad and accepting, like, you know, but – it feels like that works best to me when you've fought the whole time about how different you are and then eventually you come to accept some of, you know, the things you have in common. Whereas it feels but, like he's rolled in looking like he's in Weekend at Bernie's with a mustache yeah. and a white shirt. But even then, like, you're right. So he, he works to a point where it's almost like taking on the stars and stripe boxes. Yeah. You know, that is symbolic of his, like, ascension. But his personality is still starkly different, yeah, different to that of his dad's. His dad was this kind of like, you know, Muhammad Ali kind of ripoff where he is a more kind of dark, tortured, angry young man, you know, who has to sort of like grow up. They don't do that. Like Rooster just arrives fully formed as his dad. Right, as his dad. Sh- as his dad. And sure, maybe there is a backstory like last week's uh, listener suggested yeah. where he was – listening to Limp Biscuit and shit, you know, in his teens and was very troubled. But they should have just extended that into the movie. Okay. Well, so, it doesn't have um, to be exactly the same thing. It could, there could be like he, young Gooster could be at like, you know, um, like Navy. They're Navy, aren't they? Navy pilots? Yeah. Yeah. Or are they Air Force? They're Navy. Ah, I don't know. Anyway, Navy whatever. Pilots. Whatever they are, he's at young. He's like at the academy. He's learning to, you know, be a pilot. And, you know, one of the other young academy guys pranks him by putting some deep, deep heat in his jock strap, and like he puts it on, and he's like, "Oh, great, my balls are on fire." That's your nod. <laughs> right? oh. like, okay, we're done. That's a new, like it's a new take on the old team. That Get it? it's like is the scene they needed. Like that's the scene that they needed. Like yeah, because there yeah. is a new kind of Iceman type character. I can't remember his call sign that he has a rivalry with. Okay. And they needed that. They needed yeah. like some kind of hazing scene right. where uh, Goose puts on his jock strap and it's like, oh, stinker up. Oh, oh goodness, like, goodness gracious. Gracious. My balls are on fire. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Done. <laughs> <laughs> Will and Charlie push back from the writer's room table. All right, fellas, is it lunch? You guys are fired. Most you of are. us <laughs> <laughs> slamming hands in front of us. Push back. There we go, guys. <laughs> Tom Cruise's producer kicks Mr. us out of the room. How do these guys even get in? <laughs> I can reveal to you that I have now watched Top Gun Maverick in the way that it was All intended right. from the comfort of my living room. <laughs> so <laughs> it is on streaming. So, so I sat down the other night and I thought I'll 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 do it on behalf of the podcast. I will sit. And I'm glad I didn't go to the movies to see it, is what I will firstly say. I know it's one of those things where you can only see this in the cinema or whatever. The, I, I understand that those, like, you know, plain scenes are very thrilling. I am absolutely sure, and I'm sure it looked great on the big screen and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but, I, I, like, I don't really care. Like, yeah, plain moves like a fun for me for about like 60 seconds. 
like, you know, one buzz the tower, one thing where you kind of like pull up or pull backwards or do some fancy thing. Absolutely. But after a while, I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is. Do you, do you, do you think if I showed you a compilation of flying scenes from the first one to this one, you could tell which one was which? Like, do you think this is significant? I think if you showed me a compilation of flying scenes from the first movie and this movie, that would end the podcast. I'd be like, what are you doing to me? Why are you torturing me in this way? You've taken out the bits that I might be interested in and just left me with the bits that I do not care about. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as I was expecting, right? But I certainly didn't love it. I certainly didn't have that sort of like feeling that people – it's the greatest film had where they absolutely loved it. I didn't understand that. I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was like one of those movies where like, I'm like, I, yeah, just, I, I thought it was fine, but I would absolutely never watch it again. Like there's nothing in it that I needed a second look at, you know, or a second version of, um, well, I mean, because you had a really good primer. I mean, I think if you just watched it cold the first time, you might have to go back and go, did they really dress Miles Teller exactly like Anthony Edwards? Well, so the thing that I don't get, so I actually think that it's even weirder than you had explained to me. Oh, okay. Because the logical inconsistency of how they tell that story in the movie is just so terribly done. Because they have all the ingredients of how you could have told it properly and very easily, but they get so messed around in the idea that, well, see, what I didn't really get was that Goose, sorry, Rooster and Maverick have had some sort of relationship together that was only soured by the fact that he pulled his um, application, application to like Navy pilot school or whatever it was, you know, that it's at that point that it seems to have all gone pear shaped, right? And then that initial scene where, yeah, everybody else is in uniform in the bar and Rooster comes in in goose cosplay <laughs> like, and then sits down and plays Great Balls of Fire as Maverick. To me, the only explanation for that entire scene is that he's doing it on purpose to get inside Maverick's head. Right? <laughs> That's the, it's, what a twisted psychology. The only oh, possible explanation for his behavior in that moment like he he knows oh maverick he sees maverick at the bar so he doesn't dark and twisted i'm going to these guys were best friends at yeah. one point i'm going to impersonate right. your dead best friend to fuck with you like that is what it dark. feels like <laughs> it's the only explanation for it because <laughs> Like, Rooster knows how much it will get inside Mav's head. Mav's made yeah. his play, and this is Rooster's play in return, is this idea of, like, I'm going to fuck with you in the same way as you fucked with me, right? Like, there's even there's so many weird bits about it. Because, if like, if Rooster is so mad about this and thinks that Maverick – because there is this weird thing when they then try to play with the idea of, like, does he think that Maverick's responsible for – goose's death and i'm not sure that he actually does think that maverick is responsible for goose's death it's more about the fact that he like pulled his application for the flight school and then it gets mm. really messy and then the resolve which you just know is i mean the resolution of it is just so again i mean the message of this movie 
is terrible. Like, it's just so terrible because the one thing that comes down to the message of the movie is don't think, do. That's yeah. the message of the movie. Don't think, do. Hey, you thought too much. Just do it. Don't think about it. Like, no wonder this movie has been so popular in America. This movie is America. This movie mm. is, I get like that it's about Tom Cruise and the last yeah, bit of movie making that his kind doesn't really exist anymore. That, that, you know, and that's what Maverick is in this movie. He's someone, a relic hanging on to, but there's no sense of he's a relic for a good reason. Yeah. And this movie, like, I mean, literally the message is don't think about things, just do things. It is the most American message of all time. Like if America right. had a slogan under the flag, it would be don't think, do. Well, I guess, I mean, if you really wanted to sort of say he's a relic for no reason, that's not exactly true. Like he's the only pilot who's ever been able to blah, 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 whatever his qualifications were. And so these wow. new, these millennials, these millennial pilots, they don't have the kind of feel mm. that Maverick had because he used to fly F-14s, whatever the fuck it is. So yeah. I think that's... That's the kind of yeah. That, that's but the it's kind not of reason why true. He's stuck in time. It's imaginary. It's not true. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> but it's the yeah. It's it's Napoleon being, Dynamite's older brother who was right. a star quarterback in high school. You're nostalgic for a time that actually never existed in the first place. Like, like yeah. he is the classic of you know. There is this real sense of I thought the message of the movie was going to be that of course he would have the capacity to teach these kids how to do it. Like, but really the message is that he's just better than them and they couldn't do yeah. it without him. Like none of them can do it. They're the new top guns. And of course the, he is the only person who can possibly get it done. You know, it's that scene of like, you know, your kind's out of the way. Yeah. Like your, your time's over or whatever. And it's like, not today. And it's like, yeah, not today, but what is the message of this movie? It's the new Ford versus Ferrari in this is the perfect father's day film in fact when i talked to broden he was saying like his dad doesn't go to the movies anymore just doesn't consume movies but took him to top top gun was one that gets a pass because you know there's father-son issues and it really you're right it's reinforcing that message that old people get it old people young get people it and young useless. people are dumb technology the best that young people them. can do is yeah. it is impersonate their dead dads. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that's the closest you'll ever get to any meaning is dressing like us <laughs> yeah and uh, like you'll get an opportunity to prove yourself mostly through misguided guilt and nepotism because <laughs> Rooster gets the fly in this final battle based on nothing more than Maverick's fucking hunch, right? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> like he hasn't done anything to prove in the times. Like, in fact, if anything, he's been the worst performing of pretty much anybody in all the trials, Rooster. And then Maverick's like, no, 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 this will rebuild our, rep our like relationship or whatever. You're right, because he fails all the kind of practical yeah. exams like everyone else, yeah. and then he's really sulky in yeah. class. Like he's, he's actually uh, – the, the other guy, the arrogant dude, yeah. should re has right should be rightfully pissed Mate, off that he wasn't – He's the best pilot by far. He's done everything correctly. Now at everything. Yeah. And comes and saves him at the end, spoilers. But like he's, yeah. he's the hero of the movie. I don't know why you've made him look like a dick. <laughs> and what did you yeah. think of the um, – Sex scene, sort of thing. The lovemaking yeah, sort scene. of it's thing. Not really a sex scene. Yeah, sort of thing. Like, it's. It, did you find it weird and 
and off-putting. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because yeah, also I couldn't work out what we're meant to... Again, I thought they had some interesting things to play with, which was... And they almost got there a few times, right? Like they almost mm. understood that he is actually a figure that can be pitied or a figure that, you know that the truth of it is that he has something in front of him that would actually be good for him, but he can't, you know, like that his ego and then whatever he needs to prove, you know, in the air is like stopping him from like, you know, having what he actually needs on the ground and in his real life. And they did touch on some of those things, but gee, they really just like hinted towards it rather than grappled with it or dealt with it. The most emotionally connected I felt to that film was when she rings the bell and he's got to buy the bar around. Cause I was like, Oh fuck, how much is that? <laughs> and then I started thinking, what would I do in that situation? Would I just refuse to pay? Cause let's say that how many people do you reckon in that bar? Maybe 200? Yep. 200. 250, 200, 200, let's say 200, yep. five bucks a drink. Mm. So it's like a thousand bucks. That's mm. a fucking lot of, that, that's a, that's a, that's not just a practical joke. That's, that's no. significant. That's like someone, that's like someone's rent or, you know, like mm. a fucking down payment on something like that's a lot of money. I and mean, it's a, pra- it's a practical lesson in not disrespecting women though. Like this is, yeah, this is, she's just decided like I'm in this mostly male environment. I'm literally going to have to ring a bell. Like, you know, to make sure that I am treated. I actually thought in a way, like, I mean, obviously the power dynamics of it are not played in this way, but in my head, that bit of storytelling made some sense to me. You're running Mm. a bar where the majority of the people in that bar are men. Like they have this very sort of arrogant military, like, you know, energy towards them that alpha sort of energy towards them and you need some way to make sure that you're not constantly being hit on and disrespected by the people who work here here is the rule i have this bell and it's what you're talking about earlier she's using mob mentality as her weapon right she's weaponized this idea that she doesn't need to enforce it the bell enforces it because everybody else, she's like got them on the side. The person has to buy a drink for everyone in the bar that gets the mob on your side. And the mob are also the people who are going to enforce your rules. Like to me, that was actually, I was like, God, this is a clever dynamic for being able to manage like a tough situation. If you were like a woman running this bar. Most sets I've worked on have a rule that if you're, if you bring a phone on and it goes off during a take that you have to buy the crew beer and I, it happened to me once. And I was like, oh, fucking like Evan. Ha, ha, ha. And so um, I went to get some beer and I went with one of the guys, one of the crew members, because the bottle shop was around the corner. And I was just going to buy like to his new or something. And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like you're buying some important <laughs> beer. Like you're buying. And I remember I was like Maverick at the time. I was like, but that's, I mean, this is the difference between like, you know, 75 bucks and 150. Like, come on, come on. And he's like, no, no. And I was like, oh, okay, shakily had to hand my can over to reward the crew. There's something that I imagine that they don't do to everyone, but they think the cast, they can bloody penalise them. Yeah, absolutely. But I I thought that was like that part of that story, I didn't mind. The, mm. the bit of it that I did not believe in any way was that if Mav is this legendary top gun pilot you know the best of the best the only guy who can fly these sort of missions and he is best friends with like one of the you know 
biggest admiral, most powerful men in the military, and that he's a legend of the Top Gun program. The idea that all these young gun, Top Gun pilots did not recognize him in that bar when he looks yeah. exactly the same as exactly he did when same. he went through the Top Gun program. is like, if, like if he was an old man, like if he looked yeah, 30 yeah. years older, you'd be maybe like, yeah, who is that guy with the beard in the corner? Yeah, oh, you never believe it. That's actually Maverick from the, you know, <laughs> like true. the legend. But you're like, they're like, yeah, who's this old man? And you're like, the, the it's Maverick, the most famous pilot <laughs> in the thing that you did. <laughs> Uh, what about the uh, double football scene? Did you like that? Oh, a little yeah. homage to the shirtless, uh, <laughs> but weird Tom Cruise shirtless. Like I haven't seen it in a while. I'm like, oh, I don't know about this. I mean, how old is Tom Cruise? Sixty something, right? I mean, he looks. Hey, Mike, can you look up how old Tom Cruise is? I think. It's I mean, 60. it. He looks incredible. Like that's what I will say. Like. Well, but, incredible for his age, but I don't need to see that shit. No, no. He, I don't think he does look incredible of his age. He looks like a really fit and healthy late 40s dinosaur. person. Right? <laughs> he's, but he's 60, not, by the way. Dinosaurs. He's 60 he's years old, He's 60. Right? Fucking. Yeah. So he looks like a good, like mid-40s, late 40s. Yeah. But the fact that he's 60 he, and looks like that is weird. There's just that little bit of it where you're just like, you can see the effort that's gone into it it's yeah it looks a little hgh mm. for me just there's a well there's a, probably thing, because it the, is right like you can't yeah. look like that at that age without using human well, you growth hormone, producing right? testosterone and yeah. you can't produce muscle mass like no. that after a certain age and so and he's a little man like even <sighs> with like a sylvester stallone or some of the bigger action geriatrics you're kind of like, oh, yeah, because they've got the mass behind it. So it sort of looks more normal. But he's got these little compact little bulging muscles on his little petite little frame. And it, I don't know, he just looked like this, to me, he looked like a lumpy little Tyrannosaurus Rex. He's got these little big barrel chest and these little short arms. It was just like, I get that, you know, he, he felt like I work hard for this and I don't fucking drink and I don't smoke and... Zenu has blessed me with a thousand, <laughs> <laughs> a thousand blessings I, I must... I mean, did you find that that was it? I mean, it's sort of hard to separate Tom Cruise from the Scientology stuff. But part of me was like, what's the science, Scientology angle with all of this? Like, I've got, I get the feeling there's some metaphor, some Scientology metaphor here about like Thetan levels or something like that, you know, that in the same way that Tom Cruise, the celebrity, has preserved himself in time, Maverick has preserved himself in time because of Xenu, something like that. I mean, interesting. I, think I mean, if it turned out that Maverick was a Scientologist, do you think that would be too on the nose? Oh, see, that should have been what the twist was, <laughs> right? Like that he's – the reason that he hasn't like graduated through the program is that he just got way too into Scientology. That's that's yeah. that's great. Like, I mean, he's the greatest pilot of all time, but just don't bring up – When he's bonding with his yeah. class, he had, first lesson is they all have to use the E-meter. They yeah. all get up. <laughs> And they sit down and yeah. hold so on to firstly, the I'm going to give you all personality questions. tests. So yeah. <laughs> they're free. It's okay, guys. I'm going to give you some free personality tests. And that was Top Gun Maverick, the best of compilation series. Having listened back to all those clips now, because I definitely did listen to all those clips, nothing has changed for me. It is still an enormous plot hole that I cannot get past. Well, not really a plot hole but it's an enormous plot contrivance that I cannot get past. I would much rather watch 
viral videos of Tom Cruise throwing himself off biplanes or jumping out of helicopters or doing whatever crazy shit Tom Cruise wants to do. Give me two hours of that rather than that reheated dreck that is Top Gun Maverick. But I know you guys loved it. So if you did love it, go watch it again. It's a dad movie. You can watch it with your dad. Father's Day coming up soon. I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, just a little reminder that we have other podcasts as well. We have Faux Fop. Uh, the last episode of that was uh, Paddy Bramall and Harriet Dyer, the writers and creators of uh, Colin from Accounts. So that is up there. But we're also doing Best Ofs of Faux Fop. Um, there's an episode coming out or that is out this week uh, where it's just a, a, a collection of interesting, funny people uh, comedians, uh, 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 James Fosdyke, uh, uh, and, and other such type of people. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. This is very late. It's Christmas Eve when I'm recording this, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But trust me, there will be best of Fofops, just like you listen to this best of Tofop. Check it out on the podcast channels, wherever you get that, tofop.com. Any other plugs, patreon.com slash tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. See ya. This podcast is a Tofop production. Head to tofop.com for more. Cool things for cool people. Listener.